I love them. I don't care what anybody thinks. I love the Beatles for them, and I'll always love them. Even when I'm 105 and an old grandmother, I'll love them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the She Loves You podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Um, This is the podcast where we talk about the women in the Beatles' lives, everyone from the wives, the girlfriends, the groupies, the friends, the colleagues, and so many more, and especially the fans. Uh, Wow, guys, it's been a hot minute, I think, and I really apologize for that. Uh, It's been pretty crazy around um, my home and right now my life and I think in general everyone's life has been sort of crazy in so many unexpected ways that we didn't think I mean we're kind of what until like almost our third year into this crazy pandemic that we can't seem to get rid of um and again it's it's sort of one of those things where you know we're very strong I think a lot of us are very strong and we've managed to sort of like keep our heads above it all although many of us have struggled as I am one person who has I've struggled with a lot of mental health issues uh, as of late mainly because it's been difficult I I'm starting to kind of get back to maybe feeling not as happy as I used to um kind of remembering those sort of uh little bits of what I was feeling in 2020 it's kind of coming back again, which is not fun. But overall, I think I have a sort of a good perspective on it now because I know that this is sort of, I mean, unfortunately, it's become the normal. And while I think it's difficult to even say that, I think the new normal really is just, you know, this life that we've been living. Um, But thankfully, you know, the vaccine has been something that has been extremely helpful. And as always, a reminder, everyone, please wear a mask. You know, you don't want to forget that. Um, but I, I think all of us are, have been very strong, even if even if it's hard at times. I think it's uh, I think we're I think we're I think we're going to be OK. I really do believe that. And I I'm hopeful that this year will hopefully bring some new things, even though we seem to kind of be in this loop de loop of we're not getting better. But, you know, I, I definitely do think that things will be better and things will change in a way. I don't know how or when, but I, I think it'll happen. Um, hopefully. I'm trying to stay hopeful, even though I'm probably the most cynical person there is. But anyway, this has gone way off track, but I just kind of wanted to do a check-in with everyone, see how everyone's doing. I hope you're doing well. I hope that all of you are healthy. Um, I hope that you all, uh, all of your loved ones are healthy. Um, as someone who actually got COVID a month ago in January, um, please, everybody wear a mask and do your best to just not really go out as much if you can, obviously, to work and things, but try to just really keep distance from people um, and just be safe, you know? Um, And really, you know, it's sort of like at that point where anyone can get it now. I... I got COVID. Um, I'm fully vaccinated and I would, I wear two masks everywhere I go. I am probably the definition of careful, but, oh, you know, I got it too. So, it's more of a just do your part and we'll be okay. 
But yeah, um, I did have COVID for a bit and it was uh, not bad. It felt as though it was just a normal cold and it actually went away after three days, which was really nice. But I still had to stay inside for a, a period of time, which was not all that fun. But at the same time, I did get a lot of reading done. I did a lot of research and I have so many more episodes coming your way, you guys. Um, I'm very excited. We're kind of getting towards the end of our journey with um, Beetlewives pretty soon. Um so it'll be really interesting to now move on to uh, girlfriends and people that they supposedly have dated or have not dated because there's an array of women in that sort of uh, grouping. Uh, there's there's so many women that I got to research and it's 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 pretty fantastic and and a lot of a lot of diverse women, which I think is really really interesting. So it, it should be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, who these ladies were, as I do with everyone, but it'll be just really fascinating. But as I mentioned, uh, we are kind of getting to the last of the wives soon. We have this special lady that I'm going to be talking about and one more. But today, you guys, is going to be a fantastic episode. It's an episode that I actually was very looking forward to, and I know I say that for all my ladies, and I, you know, all of them are amazing. But um, something about today's lady in particular, she is just something that I did not even really know. She is someone that really I did not know anything about. I mean, I was it was sort of going into it blindly, really. Um, but it was a great learning experience and I got to really, really understand her and really understand um, her career and her life, which is always wonderful. And it's kind of what I strive to do in every episode. But um, yeah, this incredible lady is a uh, you know, I, I really do say that there are underrated Beatle women, and there definitely are, but I will definitely say that this particular lady is very, very, very underrated. <laughs> no one talks about her, um, but she's sort of one of the few that have lasted, really, um, and that is Miss Barbara Bach. So today we're going to be speaking about Miss Barbara Bach, uh, her incredible life, her career, and the love that she and Ringo uh, have shared for a really long time now. So, you know, tune in and I hope you guys learn something from this incredible, incredible lady. In doing my research for, you know, every lady that I do, um, I usually take to the internet just because I think it's sort of one of the fastest ways to be able to get information. But that being said, I do mainly go through books that I have read and acquired and, you know, any sort of Beatle biography or memoir of any lady I really dive deep in those just to get this sort of factual information, but I will say it was a little hard to get any really real info on Barbara that wasn't really in any sort of Beetle book or anything because she's sort of an enigma. People really don't speak about her, but yet people do speak about her because she's Barbara Bach, you know, so it, it is really, really interesting the kind of, you know, good and bad aspect about about her because she's well known for her career as an actress and a model, but she's really not well known for being, you know, Ringo Starr's wife, which I think is kind of crazy. But in a lot of ways, um, it was wonderful for me to find uh, this website. And it is barbara-bach.com. And it's very wonderful because I've gotten all my info from there. So I wanted to thank whoever runs the website. You have been a blessing um, because I don't think I would have gotten any sort of this personal information. So thank you to that website. But yes, I wanted to begin and I wanted to... I wanted to, I want to do this lady justice because as I've mentioned this was sort of an eye-opening experience for me as well because she's one of the least uh 
She's one of the least known Beatle girls, personally, that I don't know a lot about. I mean, I really didn't know much about her other than the fact that, you know, she's a Bond girl, but, uh, and that she's married to Ringo, but I really did not know a lot. So thank you to this person that ran this website because I've found some great information and really personal things that I really didn't think I was going to find. So thank you. Thank you. So we're going to begin with her early life. So Barbara Bach was born, she was born Barbara Goldbach in New York City on August the 28th, 1946. But you know what's weird? I read somewhere else that she was born in 47, so it's either 46 or 47. I can't confirm. But yes, um, she was born in New York City. Her father was Jewish, um, and he was a police officer, and her mother was a housewife. She has a younger sister, one older brother, and another older brother. So a big, full family. Um, she was a teen in the early 60s, sort of in a really, really interesting time to be a teenager. Um, she came from a Jewish family and um, had a relatively happy childhood. I, I, I couldn't really um, find anything sort of bad or scandalous about her childhood. So we can assume that she had a wonderful childhood with uh, supportive parents and, you know, living in New York City. That's pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, but yes, she was a teen in the early 60s, and she actually graduated in 1964, and from all accounts, Barbara was a very sweet, personable person, and she had a lot of friends, um, and interestingly enough, uh, she was the captain of her school's basketball team, which I think is super amazing, because I did, I really did not expect that, um, and especially in, in the 60s, when you think that, you know, um, sports were probably very unequal in their treatment of women. I think it was really interesting that she was the captain of the basketball team. I mean, given they were probably the girls basketball team, but nevertheless, she was the captain. So that's pretty cool in my opinion. Um, but yeah, she had a lot of friends and she was very personable, very sweet. Um, and just a very like outgoing person, obviously to be the basketball, you know, basketball captain, you gotta be really outgoing. Um, the other thing about Barbara is, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the pictures, but she was extremely gorgeous. Even as a teen, a young girl of only, I think, like 16 or 17, she was extremely gorgeous. I mean, just had these eyes that would captivate you. And in a way, Patty did, but I think in a different way because, you know, they're both beautiful women, you know. Um, but something about Barbara's eyes, man, they just, they get you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, this kind of really came into play because she was a very beautiful girl from a young age. With, you know, this beauty that she had, uh, modeling seemed to be something that I think would naturally have happened either way. Um, it's sort of like you're too pretty not to model kind of thing, you know? Um, which is really interesting because, you know, modeling I think now is very different to what it was in the 60s. Um, because I, I think... I think in the 60s, it was really about perfection and whatnot. And I think now models, while they are beautiful, I think there's sort of a new way of looking at models as, um, I don't know, they're not as perfect, but they're not like, they're, they're more natural in a sense, you know, that kind of natural makeup look, that's kind of what's in now. But back in the 60s, it was more like, you know, primp and be proper and all that. But yeah, um, Barbara, being gorgeous as she was, actually got to sign to the Eileen uh, 
Eileen Ford Modeling Company in New York City when she graduated. And I believe she's only 17 or 18 at the time. So it's pretty amazing. Um, and she essentially became a young teen model. Uh, she modeled for every major magazine, everyone from Vogue, uh, Elle magazine, and she actually became the girl of Seventeen magazine. So, you know, Seventeen magazine's it girl. She was kind of on every cover and was really a, one of the most sought after teen models at that time, I think, with Colleen Corby. And, you know, she just sort of dominated and um, she was an it girl in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, she looking at her pictures, because I was, I was able to see all her modeling pictures. I mean, they're insane. And they're so, she was insanely gorgeous. I mean, she still is. She's a very beautiful woman. But I mean, something about her teen years, man, she's just gorgeous. Like, it, I can't, I can't even begin to explain it. You know, I'm like, gosh, why can't I have gotten Barbara's face, you know, but um, anyway, we won't talk about my vanity. But Yes, she was very, very gorgeous and took over the modeling world in so many ways. And, you know, as her modeling career progressed, uh, she sought um, other uh, job opportunities in the sense of traveling because being a model gave you the ability to travel places, you know, on assignment. You would get, you would go to Europe and whatnot. And on a trip to Europe, specifically Italy, in 1966, Barbara was on the airplane on the way to Italy, uh, hoping to model for a textile company, a text, a Roman, I think, I believe Roman textile company. And on this plane, she was to meet her future husband, Augusto Gregor mm, Gregorini. And I, I am going to say it wrong, so I'm just going to call him Gus, all right, for the remainder of the episode. I'm sorry, but I cannot pronounce it, even, even though I should be able to pronounce it, but I'm going to call him Gus. So, Gus, um, he was this man that she actually happened to meet on the airplane on the way to Rome. He was 11 years older than her, so he was a bit of an older man. Um, she was, uh, I believe, 19 at the time, so a little young, but, you know, that's kind of how it was back in the day. And as I mentioned, they met on the plane, and they, you know, began to talk. And, you know, she mentioned, I'm a model, I'm modeling for this textile company. And he essentially really, in a quick way, convinced her that moving to Italy would probably be the best thing for her career. Because you could get so many opportunities in Europe, probably more than you get in, in the United States, even though she was pretty much, you know, the it girl in the United States. But um, yeah, he essentially convinced her, you know, this would be great for you. You should go to, you should come to Italy, live here, make your career. It's going to go way better for you. Um, and she actually agreed, you know, I, I think they were very taken with each other at that point. So when a, I guess, handsome man is telling you, you know, come and not live with me, but you know, it would be great if you could come to Europe. I don't think she would have said no. I mean, I, I don't know what I would say. I think I'd, I think I'd say no, honestly. But, um, you know, obviously they were very taken with each other from that first moment. Um, and Barbara decided to move to Europe, specifically Italy. Of course, her parents were a bit furious with her because, you know, well, their daughter moving all the way to Europe, that's kind of insane. So her parents were furious, of course, but they understood um, because they realized that she did have this career and she was being, you know, she was very successful at this point. So they decided to give in essentially and, you know, not protest it and support her in any way that they could, which I think is wonderful of them and very mature. So really, really great. 
But um, as she arrived in Italy a few months later, her and Augusto, Gus, married. She was 19 years old, um, really young. Again, seems a lot of these Beatle girls marry very young, don't they? Just kind of, kind of crazy. Still can't, I don't think I, I mean, I, when I was 19, I didn't even know what kind of sandwich I wanted to eat, you know, in college, let alone getting married, but that's a different story for a different day. But, um, yeah, they did get married and, you know, with her new husband and her new life in Rome, she continued to model. But now not only was she the biggest model in the U.S., she was the biggest model in Rome. I mean, she became the it girl in Rome as well. And she essentially began modeling for a bunch of Italian magazines. And it was, you know, a really crazy, insanely wonderful time for Barbara. She was really getting uh, recognition and she looked absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was the late 60s. She was, you know, just perfect in every way. And, you know, being newly married, it was all really going well for her. Um, and, you know, that that's sort of a that's, that's actually a really nice, you know, I think a really nice way to sort of be happy at that point. You know, you're happy in your marriage and you've got a great modeling career going and, you know, why not? So definitely props to Barbara. But with modeling, as most models do, she made the transition into acting, which I think is really, really great. And essentially in Italy, another a uh, person that she met sort of in the modeling world told her, oh, why don't, why don't you, you know, try acting? I think you would actually be really, really good at it, especially like on TV. You know, you got the face for it, <laughs> which I wonder how many times she heard that, you know, like how many times did she probably hear, oh my God, your face is stunning. I mean, probably, probably a million times, you know, but it is interesting. But yes, she did trans make that transition into acting. And, you know, this was sort of the point in her marriage where it was starting to get some tension. Augusto Gus, he was not really fond of the attention that Barbara was receiving because she, um, in 1967, was on a show called Cordialmente, um, which was a really big hit. And she was a leading player in it. And um, she was getting more recognized for that. Um, and I don't think Gus liked it very much. I think he, he noticed the not uh, not notoriety, but the attention that his wife was receiving. And I don't think he liked it. I don't think he liked it that much. I mean, I think he, he supported it, but he did not necessarily like it in a lot of ways, which I think is sort of, um, you know, it's the classic chauvinism, you know, male way of looking at it. So there's that. And um, yeah, he wasn't very fond of it and it caused some problems. But in 1968, their, their uh, daughter was born and her name was Francesca. And, you know, it was a really happy time for them um, with a new baby and all and Barbara's career really going up. It was a really wonderful time. Um, she appeared in a lot of Italian miniseries, including The Odyssey in 1968, and, uh, she was, she played a princess in her first movie debut, and in 1970, she was actually chosen as the most beautiful model from Italy, which, Jesus Christ, what an honor, right? Um, and yeah, she had many, many small roles here and there, in TV, and movies, and things, 
Um, and, you know, she, she, Barbara was quoted as saying, you know, I became very Italian, which I think is, it's something important to stress, you know, she, living it, I think the thing about living in another country is it gives you that perspective. And even though you might not, not necessarily be from that country, um, if you've lived somewhere long enough, I, I think you, you began to sort of identify with a lot of like the, um, the language or, you know, even like the traditions you can sort of, um, you know, follow in that. And uh, Barbara uh, became fluent in Italian. Um, she loved the traditions and she really did become Italian in a lot of ways. Her daughter was Italian, you know, so um, she really was, she, you know, she was always going to be the New York girl, the New York Jewish girl, but, but something about Italy, you know, she became Italian in a lot of ways. Um, and in 1972, they actually had their son. So uh, their daughter and their son, but, um, as I mentioned, the problems would begin to arise and it caused a major shift in a lot of ways. So, as I mentioned, these problems were really starting to get worse in a lot of ways. Um, the mid-70s it was a crazy, crazy time, um, you know, and I, I, think, I think the idea of marrying so young, I think as I mentioned a lot in this podcast, is marrying young can really have a profound effect on a marriage. I'm not saying all marriages end because someone is young or you marry young. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want to generalize, of course, but I do think that it will affect things. And a lot of these Beatle marriages really ended because they were both so young and naive. Um, I mean, given there was so many other reasons, I don't want to generalize for that either. But um, yeah, I mean, the combination of being young and I think you know, even in Barbara's case, um, being a successful person comes with a lot of costs because you gain a lot, but you also lose a lot, you know. Um, you really don't live a normal life, and that's kind of the cost of fame um, and probably why a lot of marriages that come from famous people don't often work out because there's sort of this, you know, constant push and pull. You know, you love someone, but you got your career. And I think that's always been the question, the, the sort of questions. It's like, can we do it all, you know, especially as women? And I don't know. I think it's such a nuanced answer. I think everyone's going to give you a different opinion on that. But, you know, um, these problems arose with her and Augusto. And uh, after a few years and after a lot of problems, um, in 1975, she and Augusto separated. Um, by 1978, they were actually divorced, but Barbara is quoted as saying, you know, we remained friends and, uh, you know, he was always really involved with the children. And I think that's such a wonderful thing when a divorced couple can remain friends, kind of like Ringo and Maureen, right? We've got that pattern and, um, you know, she was able to stay friends with the father of a child, with her, of her children, which is always wonderful because it gives the children an ability to see, uh, you know, to see what good their parents can do. So I think that's wonderful that she and Augusto were able to stay really, really good friends. And, you know, I think that's always sort of, we always sort of want that in any sort of divorce. You don't ever want to be like too bitter with each other, you know. Um, but yes, so the 70s brought on a lot of changes personally for Barbara, but they also brought a lot of really great opportunities career-wise. So I think we all sort of know Barbara Bach as this beauty, a movie star. But I mean, you know, the real identifier for Barbara Bach 
is the fact that she was a Bond girl. That's sort of her claim to fame. That's that's really what made her stand out. So in 1976, uh, the producer for the Bond film, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, who that would become The Spy Who Loved Me, um, happened to see Barbara um, on a video. So it was sort of, I think, a not a reel, but I think it was a clip of her in a movie. And he, you know, as soon as he saw the video, he loved Barbara Bach. He was crazy about her. He's quoted as saying, uh, I think I have been looking all my life for a leading lady who looks like Barbara Bach, which is a very, very big compliment. Um, so he essentially found his star. Um, and this, you know, big film, the Bond film, um, came out in 1977, and she was uh, cast as uh, Anya, who was, uh, you know, helped Miss, you know, James Bond and whatnot. So she became a, a huge. I mean, you know, she was famous already in Italy, and 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 in you know, being a teen model. But this was sort of a new level of fame that even she, I don't think, was prepared for in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it was a, a really, really big blessing for her. And The Spy Who Loved Me would become one of the most successful Bond films. And she would actually become one of the most successful Bond girls. You know, if you say, oh, Bond girl, you think, oh, Barbara Bach. You know what I mean? She's sort of the first Bond girl you think of all the time. So it it is pretty amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I actually have a little secret. I have not seen <laughs> any Bond movie and I know it's like a crime, but I haven't actually seen any Bond movie. And now that I was doing my research and, you know, I knew she was a Bond girl, but I, I, I don't know. I never really ever watched a Bond movie, but, you know, in doing my research, I was just so curious to see what she's like in the role. So I'll probably have to check it out for research purposes, of course. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, she became this Bond girl, became super famous. Um, was in more magazines than ever before. And, you know, she would get considered for a lot of roles, um, a lot of things, like very popular TV shows of the day and popular movies. So her career was really, really on the rise. And Barbara Bach was seeing even a new level of fame than I don't think she ever, you know, saw before. I mean, in a way that was different from her modeling career, you know, this was sort of, she's an actress now. She's a, she's a, she's a wonderful working actress. And, it brought on a lot of changes um, and she dated here and there, but um, her life, I think, would change forever in 1980. So, as I mentioned, Barbara's career was just, you know, taking off at this point as an actress. Um, and in 1980, she got the opportunity to do a sort of fun, funny project that I don't think she had really done before. Um, and that was the movie Caveman. It was sort of this prehistoric comedy. I mean, it's a very cheesy movie. Um, but at the time, you know, that in the 80s, cheesy was in. So, you know, she took this movie um, and she actually moved back to America during this time. Um, but, you know, she decided to take this movie and the filming was going to be done in Mexico. They need a lot of sort of like nature jungle scenes. So it would be in uh, Mexico. Uh, as I mentioned, it was a prehistoric comedy. Um, and, you know, another famous person happened to be in the movie, and it wasn't just any famous person. Oh, no. It was a Beatle, and it was Mr. Ringo Starr. He was, uh, starring in the movie, and Barbara would be his co-star. Um, 
and you know that that you know they met on the set of it and they would have to do a lot of scenes together but um you know a lot of the times the director said oh you should probably spend some time together rehearse and kind of get used to it and you know work on the chemistry um but you know in a lot of ways they did not have to work on chemistry at all because they naturally already had it um the director even you know said ooh they're in love you know because he noticed their, you know, sort of chemistry that just worked on camera. Barbara herself has actually said that it took, it took actually took a little more than people believe for her and Ringo to really fall in love. Um, around this time, Ringo was engaged to model and photographer Nancy Lee Andrews, who I will actually be doing a wonderful episode on in the future. But Right now we're talking about Barbara, but yes, he was engaged to Nancy Lee Andrews at the time, and Barbara was actually going out with someone as well at the time. So it wasn't really a good, it wasn't a good uh, situation to be in. But again, they both sort of were in these respective relationships, so they didn't really even consider, you know, being together or falling in love. But, you know, during the filming, you know, they got to talking and they connected on so many things and... It just kind of happened, Barbara says, within, I think, like, the next couple days. It wasn't love at first sight, she claims, but there was something about him that just, you know, made her fall in love with him, and he was equally crazy about her. And, you know, I think they were both divorced at this point. They both were, you know, had children from a previous marriage, so I think they both understood each other in ways that, you know, a lot of other people didn't, and they were both famous in their own right, and... You know, I think they connected on all those things and, you know, fell completely and madly in love. And, you know, it was two weeks before she says that it was two weeks before the end of shooting and we just fell in love. And um, after the filming of Caveman, they both ended their respective relationships and finally got together. And Ringo would take her everywhere. They'd be holding hands, um, just always together very in love. But that being said, they did keep a very low profile. I think they didn't want to make the mistake of being such a public couple, especially when it came to the, the level of fame that they both had. They didn't want it to become a spectacle. They wanted it to be special and private, which I think is always the best way to go about in relationships, because I think if you're too public with everything, it can get a bit um, overwhelming. So it was really nice that they were able to keep the slow profile. Um, but, you know, one thing that did change the aspect of the relationship was, you know, they sort of were on this sort of whim of love, right? And you kind of think, is this for real or are we just sort of in our heads at this point? But um, that year, 1980, they both suffered a car accident and they were not really sure if they were going to really make it, but they were able to both survive the car crash. And Barbara and Ringo really realized at that moment oh, this is the person that I'm supposed to be with. You know, this is destiny. I mean, we survived this together. We can survive anything, you know? So it was a real test on the relationship in a way that happened really by accident, a car accident. Um, and it changed them forever. And in they got engaged in July of that year. They announced it to the press and they were very, very happy. And in 1981, of April of 1981, they got married. The McCartneys and Harrisons were in attendance. Um, John's death had only been, you know, a couple months previous, and it was still very new in everyone's, you know, minds and things. And 
Um, it was very, very difficult, uh, and especially in Ringo's case, because they were such good friends. I mean, as all were the boys, but, you know, it, it was definitely tough, and Barbara, I think, was there to really help him through it a lot of the time. So they got married and were very much happy and in love, had all their kids there. I think Augusto even, even went to the wedding, you know, which just shows how, um, what's the word, how cordial they were able to be with each other and be parents and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, they were happy, got married, very in love. Um, Ringo Starr married a Bond girl, which is like amazing in itself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all, but you know, with every marriage comes problems. And one of the problems, especially in Ringo's life, was the problem of addiction. Uh, Ringo had been doing a lot of drugs in the 70s and even up to the 80s. And um, alcohol was sort of, I think, their drug of choice. Barbara, unfortunately, you know, did do a lot of uh, drugs and alcohol and was an alco alcoholic as well. So it was very hard on the both of them because they were both addicts in a relationship, right? So Ringo, unfortunately, would become violent. And there were points of physical altercations between the two of them, you know, both being drunk and whatnot. And, you know, there was a point where it became very violent and they both realized that they, uh, that they really needed help. And they both realized that if they continued the way they were, the marriage wouldn't survive. So they both got help. They went to rehab. And um, I truly, I think, I believe it, after 1988, they did not have a lick of alcohol. Uh, they, you know, became completely sober and never looked back. And, you know, from then on out, um, her and Ring, or, you know, her and Ringo have been this dedicated couple. They've been married now for almost like 30 something years it's pretty incredible. Um, and you know, you can just always see the outpour of love that they sort of give each other. Every time I see a picture of them or a video of them, you know, you just see that love. It, it's, and it's, um, it's really wonderful to see that I think they were able to find each other in this like crazy life, right? You know, they go through all this and both have their careers, but yet they were able to find each other in this really, really crazy time and also really, um, choose to get better in the sense of, you know, and being an addict, which is such a difficult thing and people really don't like to talk to talk about it, but, you know, they were able to deal with that and they were able to go through it together and learn from each other, which I think is so beautiful. And, you know, th that support system that they both have for each other, it's absolutely wonderful. And I think it's always wonderful whenever a rock couple can stay together because, for the most part, they don't. So I think it was, uh, I think it was great that they were able to stay together and really make it work for each other. So they have a lovely love story, and it's one of those things that it was, it was destiny in a lot of ways. I think it was meant to happen. Even though I'm, again, I am the most cynical person in the world, and I don't ever really say destiny or, you know, fate or any of that. I don't know. I'm not really sure I believe in it too much, but. I do think things happen for a reason, and I think it was totally meant for them to meet and fall in love because they've been together ever since. And they they had no children themselves biologically, but between them both, they have step stepsons and stepdaughters, and um, you know they have this amazing family together. And you know I, I wish them the best, and I hope that they will continue to be married all their lives and continue loving each other. Definitely, definitely. And as well, you know, uh, Barbara did participate in her share of charity work. Uh, charity work really became something that she was very passionate about. She and Olivia Harrison would work on the Romanian Angel Appeal Foundation, which sort of helps um, 
Romanian orphans, as I mentioned in the Olivia episode. So she was a, a really big advocate for that organization. And she would physically go to the orphanages and actually like make sure the kids were being taken care of and, you know, have blankets and were given proper foods. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, she actually also started an addiction program um, which was to help a lot of drug users and alcoholics, um, because, you know, going through experience herself, she knew how hard it could be for an addict to want to get, you know, clean. So she was able to provide support and, you know, was really, really a staunch advocate for, uh, this foundation that she founded. But, you know, throughout all this, and the most incredible thing that I did not know about is that, you know, being a wife, being a former actress, model, and, you know, a charity worker, so involved in charity work, um, she managed to get a master's degree of psychology from UCLA in 1993, which is insane to me. Like, what? I, I, I cannot believe it. Uh, you know, I, it's insane to me that she was able to do all this in between all of her work and whatnot. But I think she wanted to really, really help people, especially addicts. And um, mental health is something that's very important to her. So you know, getting this master's degree was sort of a cherry on the top for her. And, you know, it just proves how smart she is and how wonderful she is. Um, so bless Barbara. Bless Barbara and Ringo. Um, she's an inspiration and truly, truly an incredible, incredible woman. Another incredible Beatle lady who has made our boys incredibly happy. And, you know, thank you, Barbara. You are wonderful. So now I wanted to get to the fun part. My favorite part of the episode is the fun fact section. I always love to get to this part because, you know, it's so many things that people like don't realize or like some things that did surprise me in doing my research. So, and these are just like random things, you know, of course, it's never anything like crazy or outrageous unless I'm like very specific and I want to like let you know that this is nuts. But just some facts that I found about Barbara, about, blah, about Barbara, I cannot speak, about Barbara that I found pretty, pretty interesting. So, we all kind of know, uh, kind of, we all know, let's be, let's be real. We all know about Princess Diana's incredible dress that she wore in 1981 that was, I mean, just beautiful and, and just something out of this world. Um, I mean, that huge, like, poofy white dress is crazy. Um, but yes, that wedding dress that Princess Diana had was made by a designer, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me, so excuse me if any of you all know, it's that guy, or that person, because I, it was probably a man or a woman, I can't, uh, I'm really bad, I didn't write his name down, guys, but, uh, or his or her name, but um, that dress that Princess Diana wore uh, had a designer, and the designer of the dress happened to also design Barbara's wedding dress. So if you've seen pictures of Barbara and Ringo's wedding, you'll see that beautiful dress, that wonderful, beautiful dress. And I mean, it's looking at it now, and I was going back and looking at the pictures, I can kind of tell that it was the same designer. So it's, you know, they both had a sort of style with the white poofy dresses and it was, you know, it's beautiful. And Barbara looks exquisite as does, as does Diane on her wedding days. So, um, we all sort of also know um, Paul McCartney's, dare I say, cheesy movie that he made in the 1980s called Give My Regards to Broad Street. Um, you know, I have not actually seen it, so maybe I'll do it for research purposes. But um, Barbara actually did have a cameo in that as well. 
which I found really interesting because now I might have to check it out because of that reason only. Um, so she, as I mentioned, Barbara also has a, um, a younger sister and her name is Majorine, Majorie, um, Majorie Bach. And she is actually currently married to Joe Walsh, the musician, which I think was really, really cool. Every, I feel like the sisters, <laughs> it's like, if, it's sort of like the Jenny Boyd thing, right? Like they'll be with musicians as well, which I, it's just really, really funny to me. But yeah, she is married to Joe Walsh. So, um, I mentioned that Ringo and Barbara got married, obviously, and we all know that they did it in a registry office, but which registry office, you ask? It was Marlebone registry office, where who else got married there? Paul and Linda, which I think is really, really cool, and it's sort of this tradition, and I feel like a lot of rock stars and, like, really famous people have also gotten married there, so keeping up the tradition, I see. Another really fun fact, and one that kind of I always go back to destiny and fate with this is that in 1965 at the insistence of her sister and really really wanting to to go and being the big Beatles fan that her little sister was she said please take me to Shea Stadium I really want to go because I want to see the Beatles and Barbara I was researching was actually not really much of a Beatles fan herself she was more into like Ray Charles or like blues music she was really more of like a blues girl herself so it is really interesting that she was not a Beatles fan, and yet she here she was as a chaperone for her little sister at Shea Stadium, which is so funny. But this is crazy. How many of these Beatle girls have attended concerts of their future husbands? Crazy. But, you know, it's sort of like that fate destiny thing, right? So another thing that I did not mention is the fact that... Uh, she was like, as I said, she was considered for a lot of other TV roles in the 70s, you know? Um getting that mass fame that she was getting one of the other roles that she was actually really considered for was a role on charlie's angels to be a replacement um which i think would have been really interesting to see you know she could have also been a charlie's angels girl um so you know but she didn't get the part which sucks because i would have loved to have seen her as a charlie's angel but that was a, something else that she was actually really considered for that i think would have even made her career even bigger if that's possible and finally the last fun fact of the day and it's sort of another beetle girl connection Roger Moore was the James Bond in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, and he was Mr. Bond. You know, he was the Bond. And Roger Moore was a very successful, well-known English actor at the time um, in the 60s and 70s. And Roger Moore became really great friends with Barbara. But he was also really, really good friends with Cynthia Lennon. And he actually attended her wedding party in 1970, which I think is really amazing and really a coincidence. Um, it's sort of like this Beatle girl connection. But, you know, that's that's sort of the life, right? And, and these funny connections that all connect us, really. So it's really, really interesting. Well, that's going to be it for today, you guys. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. And it was... Oh, I can't even describe how fun this was to do. It was an amazing episode. It was a great time. And I had the honor of learning about this incredible woman. And it's all things that I didn't know. So it was really, really great to be able to, uh, you know, research her and just see the end, the, you know, everlasting love that her and Ringo have for each other, I think is wonderful. And may they be together for many many more years and be super in love and happy 
And, you know, go go see some pictures of Barbara when she was a model because you'll be stunned as I was. She was very gorgeous and still is a very gorgeous woman and a very accomplished woman and a smart woman. And I cannot say good things about her and no, no more good things about her. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining, you know, me on this episode of the She Loves You podcast. And I'm so sorry for not uploading as much as I should be. It's just life has kept me so busy in the pandemic and you know, every excuse in the book, but you know, that's kind of how life is, but, um, you can expect more episodes and we're going to be, I think, going into our second season really, really soon, which I'm really excited about because I, I, I'm trying to classify it as the first season is the wives, right? I will talk about the wives and that's, that is the first season. And also my special guests that I had on the show, of course, which are not really pertaining to any girl in particular, just in general, but, um, the second season is going to be great because I'm going to start talking about the girlfriends and there's so many as I mentioned and you know that's going to be probably my longest season but but it'll be fun so thank you so much for joining me on this episode and our last wife our last beetle wife is going to be Nancy Cheval so I'm so excited to to tell her story as well and um yeah I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you guys next time bye <laughs>